You are listening to the Scale with Speed podcast. Why? Because scale equals revenue and speed equals profit. Hosted by nine-figure business builders, Matt Monero and Judge Graham. Enter with caution. Welcome to the Scale with Speed podcast. I'm Matt Monero in the studio with Judge Graham. The Matt Monero. (laughs) The Judge Graham. I'm wearing black today because black is slimming, dude. Black is slimming. You You look good, dude. Hey, man, we've been on the road. I know, which we, I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> we hey, people have been taking care of us on the road, but we've been I busy. I got that man. kennel cough, not COVID, but <laughs> <laughs> we did the burn the ships, Foxtrot group here in Dallas, yep. and then uh, and then immediately the following week, we actually took it on the road and did the combo version of it. We called it Scale with Speed with Coach Burt's group <clears> in Hero <throat> Beach, Florida, which was cool. But what a hell of a! I got to tell the story. So we get out <laughs> off the plane. <laughs> And I'm exhausted. I mean, we're both exhausted. But I'm just Because you've been traveling that weekend, too. Yeah, I, I just got back from Palm Springs. <clears throat> and literally get off the, the, the plane, and I'm like, all right, Matt, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the Uber. So I pop it down. I hit it, and I look at the freaking cost, <laughs> and it's like $340. <laughs> Where are we going, Matt? <laughs> it's an hour and 40 away. So then I start busting his balls about, like, why would you book this airport? What's going on? But it happened to be. That was just what it was. It's hard to get to Vero. There's, like, yeah. no easy way. But when I, when I booked it, it said Orlando, Melbourne. And I didn't. I thought that just meant Orlando, so I booked Orlando, Orlando. But that was still an hour and thirty minutes. Even yeah. if you'd have gone there, even so. West Palm, they said with the traffic might still be an hour and fifteen minutes. Ugh. So, but anyway, we did it, and then we met a great guy on the Uber back. What yeah. was his name? Tom. Tom yeah, from Jersey. Good Jersey guy. Good guy, man. <laughs> so look, the the you know the thing we keep seeing with all the attendees now over two hundred who have come through the burn the ships ecosystem it's very interesting number one um there's a lot of frustration in the marketplace man people people have had the pain and they're looking for the gain Mm -hmm. you know i mean isn't that a recurring theme where like dude i've been trying man i'm working it i'm doing the best i can and i just i don't know that it's gonna work i'm losing confidence so maybe i'm just gonna be okay with where i am and we try to wake people up the second thing we always see is where so many companies fail is in this culture and value system. It's mm-hmm. the biggest takeaway, I think, is is that people, and we've already it's seen totally, texts yeah. from people who are redoing yeah. their core values and uh, and the impact that that makes. <clears throat> and, and, you know, we're on the other side of it, but I do remember, you know, number one, not having a value system to, to the business, but then also putting it in and being having to be relentless to it and allowing the change to occur. Perfect example that just happened here. Um, and we'll, we should do a podcast on what reviews mean and why they matter. Mm-hmm. But we're doing a review thing here in the office. And um, uh, you know, we, we're getting so many reviews coming back in from clients. And they're referencing both the salesperson and the operations person, which ties to the core value of teamwork. And it just gives you this unique opportunity to reinforce. Here's teamwork playing out again, guys. Here's teamwork playing out again. Here's how the marketplace and the client base is seeing that it's not just the salesperson who's in charge of the relationship, but there's somebody else within the organization that's in charge and they're being noticed, man. It's great. Well, more importantly is the customer is seeing the reviews, right? I mean, listen, we talk about this, and, and I believe it's gotten even more important right people want to be judged by their people want to judge your company by their peers Mm -hmm. 
right? What was that? You know, be judged by your peers. There was a saying. You know what I'm talking about? I, I'm not sure I know that one. Judged but. by a jury, judged by your peers. I don't know. Doesn't matter. They are looking <laughs> at the peers and the reviews <clears throat> to make that decision, right? We talk about all the time. 67% of people do their diligence digitally. That could be Google reviews. That could be Yelp. That could be social media that could be the website before they make a decision and if they see shitty reviews and or no reviews do we're going to do a, do business with you we're going to do a whole podcast on this yeah this is just too important to to glaze over um so we're going to we're going to put a get, pin in that one. yeah we're going to put a pin in that one and okay. we're going to do a podcast on what reviews really mean right so it's what are we talking about today all right so today we're talking about client <clears throat> retention strategies mm. right um and what can people do to do business and keep business and um, make sure that the client, the hard work of earning the client retains the client and keeps them coming back. And, and you know, one of the things you, you wrote the book, Mastering Recurring Revenue, it's about client retention, right? So go to Amazon and get the book, Mastering Recurring Revenue, Judge Graham. But the concept <coughs> is, it's like this when you see the offer on television and it's and the fine print says this is for new customers only to get the discount i never understood that right I'm, we I'm, don't care about the old ones right the old ones <laughs> they, you're, you're, we already got your business right i'm the old why wouldn't i get the discount why would only a new customer get the new discount why wouldn't i get the discount mm. makes me crazy that people don't understand the importance of client retention so that's what we're talking about today because if you look at your business as if you were a, a, a scientific, you make a, a drug, right? Uh, you make a vaccine. You're spending billions of dollars in the research and development to try to create the vaccine that works to then keep your fingers crossed and sell it to the marketplace. The same thing applies when it comes to finding your clients. Whatever you're spending to get that client, you may have a loss leader on the first deal you do with the client. It's the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth deal that you can lifetime make margin value. on. The lifetime value of that client. Yeah, it costs, uh, what's the stat? We don't have it in front of us, but <clears> I know it's five. it's 5X. It costs five times more to get a new customer than to keep an existing one. And it becomes so important back to that recurring revenue. I mean, we were in a meeting last night with, with the company talking about this, right? And we were looking at it and we were just like, all right, guys, listen, all you need to do is, is freaking continue to win the amount that you're winning, but freaking keep yeah. what you win in over four or five months, this place is going to look totally different. Cash flow, scale, opportunity, but but for whatever reason, Matt, I mean, everybody's so focused on new business, new business, new business, new business. And winning it that they don't service or keep or maintain or cross sell or upsell the the current customer. So you know, I mean, you you have probably the best example or storyline I've ever heard on this, which is you know, in in Jimmy, the guy you buy your trucks from. So lay into that story for a minute, so people can really understand how this plays out in the real world. Okay, and and I'll be relatively quick, but. You know, I'm a I'm in Texas. I got the hat on. <laughs> I'm the only guy that wears shorts, Yeezys, and a cowboy hat. But usually, I have I have cowboy boots on. But listen, I I love big trucks, big Texas trucks. And if you are familiar with the Texas area, it hails, right? So super important that my big ass truck can fit in my garage. Mm -hmm. 
Now that garage is eight feet, but remember, I want a lifted truck, yeah. big wheels. <clears throat> so, well, on the new truck you're getting, what do you got? Thirty-seven, thirty-eight, thirty-eights, and a four-inch or a six-inch? Uh, it's gonna look nasty. It's a three-point-five-inch lift mm. on thirty-eights by twenties. Okay, so, so that'll be right about eighty inches. It's it's gonna, I don't know. I'm hoping for this. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we're gonna have to. Uh, we've measured. We'll see. So. <clears throat> Anyhow, I found I use this truck and this I bought the current truck I'm getting delivered soon, hopefully, um, from this guy named Jimmy. Now the reason Matt I <coughs> Same buy, guy you bought your last truck, right? Yeah, and who I'm gonna buy continually from. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it gets back to this customer centricity and servicing and focusing on your current customers. This guy understood how to take care of the customer. Okay. I just make it fast. I called found two trucks identical online. Literally, the only difference was the wheels. I was happy with either one. Called the first place. The first place wouldn't measure the truck for me. Called the second place, Jimmy. Not only did he measure the truck, it was too big. I said, no thanks. He said, may I drive it over to see if it fits? I said, you're out of your mind. Why are you questioning my measurement skills? He was right. I was wrong. He drives over. Throws the truck at the garage, it fits no problem. I buy the truck from Jimmy, and there's more backstory behind how he sold <clears> it and multiple lessons learned. But what's been great about Jimmy is he understood the customer and did what it takes to, to win the customer, and Jimmy follows up, right? Jimmy says, hey, there's a new truck coming out. This guy buys, and I buy a truck every six to 12 months. I'm getting better. I'm trying to extend nah, that to 12 months. Better meeting longer. <laughs> yeah. Instead of buying them every six months. But he understands the power of that customer right now. Um, I don't say this to impress or, you know, impress more to impress upon people. I mean, the trucks I buy aren't cheap. Yeah. But these are $100,000 trucks. Yeah. I mean, they're brand new trucks. They're all customized, you know, stereo system, lights, bumpers, grills, yep. uh, tires. I mean, so, I mean, they're, and they're brand new. So they're, they're pretty expensive. Um, you know, vehicles as it relates to a truck. So if you put one customer like me in perspective, and since Jimmy did a good job servicing me, selling me the truck and following up and understands who I am as a customer, and let's just assume every year I'm buying a vehicle of that, dude, I'm just that one customer lifetime value becomes a pretty big number yeah. for Jimmy. Yeah, I mean, you, you will be worth a half a million plus in Lifetime two and a half value. to three, five years. And the anyone who says, I want to buy a truck, call my man Jimmy. Yeah. So, you know, it's a million-dollar relationship for Jimmy. Yeah, one customer. One customer because he took care of you and did what you needed. Now, the challenge that we find when we go into business and we talk to people on client retention is a lot of times it's related to the way we pay our people. So if you have commission-only salespeople because you're afraid to pay a living wage, a base salary, so you put them on commission, not only does that create the whole other rigmarole of culture, impact, and 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 you know, do they sort of fall in line with how we do it here? All that piece. But the other thing is, every customer is a transaction sure. for them. They're not necessarily looking at the lifetime value of a customer. They're looking at it in a commission factor. Mm -hmm. So how do we advise people in which when your salespeople are commissioned that they just have to go a few other steps for the long-term value? 
Yeah, and it gets down into not only those steps, but back into how are you managing your CRM, how well are you taking notes, hey, that's how are you the understanding. Deal. Stay on that. Yeah. Because that's really the deal, right? Yeah. It's it's how it's it's this thing. That <coughs> it, it's it's this it, it, here's exactly how place to do it. I've seen this so many freaking times. The client thinks they're doing business with the salesperson and only the salesperson because the company doesn't manage the CRM. Mm-hmm. It doesn't use the data to no. say, hang on a minute, there's right. there's a lot of other players that went into the success right. of your deal. We love our salespeople and they did a great job for you, but the reality is there was shipping, there was logistics, there was IT, there was marketing, there was operations, there's a bunch of other people. Mm-hmm. And when the company doesn't manage the CRM, the salesperson controls the client relationship and that hurts client retention. Yeah, and, and it's it's more than, you know, for you guys listening going, dude, I got my CRM dialed in, I got trigger points, I got automated emails. No, dude, understand the customer at a personal level, okay? Use me as the example. Somewhere in that CRM should have the ability for that salesperson to say, this guy buys this amount of truck value about every six months. Right, how you communicate with that individual and the frequency is much different than the person that buys a truck and is gonna drive it for 10 years, right? I shouldn't get the same email as the guy that's buying it for 10 years, but back to this servicing the customer and it costs five X more to keep them, like there's so much money in just servicing and mining and taking care of your customers, not only to keep them so they can keep paying, but coming back and to cross into new products. So what we see here at Commercial Fleet, which was probably the thing that struck me the most interesting when we really started mining our acres of diamonds, if you haven't listened to that episode of Scale with Speed, you should go back a couple and listen to the Mining the Acres of Diamonds podcast episode. But what what I thought was so interesting was people really don't care about emails. I kept saying to marketing, like, come on, like the customer journey. I mean, I get the storyline all sorts of guess what we find? Send the email, no open. 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 I'm I'm not done yet. Send the email, no open. Send the email, no open. Send the email open. Timing and circumstance. Email open, customer hits the site. Customer spends time on the site. Customer fills out a credit application. We do the deal. Time and circumstance. The importance of a strategy that keeps you in front of the client, not when you need the client, but when the client needs you. And that's what we don't do for client retention. We stop the follow-up. Yeah, that, that's so... What you just said is it, it's when the client needs you. <laughs> Okay, and so if you're not looking at it in that lens, you're going to lose. And how do you look at it in that lens? You got to have a great product, you got to have a great service, you got to have great customer service, you got to deliver, you got to do those things, but you have to intimately know the customer on an individual level and build systems and structure and process to ensure that you're there and you're anticipating when they're going to need you. So this is a, if for anyone who's listening who's come to the early burn the ships, this is a new uh, topic that we put in, a new deck that we put in, Judge created called Buyer Personas, in which we're talking about, like, let's be straight about it. If Jimmy called you up and said, hey, Mr. Graham, you know, you've been a good client, I'd like to go to dinner with you, you'd be like, no, dude, you don't have to, Jimmy, it's good. We don't have yeah. to go to dinner, right? Totally. But 
the salesperson who doesn't understand your buyer persona, right. knowing that that is not you, right. that strategy doesn't work. But yet there might be someone else who says, yeah, I just gave you a $100,000 deal. You better take me yeah. out to dinner. Yeah, totally. Right? So you got to understand the buyer personas and communicate properly with the buyer personas. You talk about it best at, at our Burn the Ships where you know, we're talking about the, the one type of a buyer who is only concerned about how choosing you makes them look in their career. Totally. And the other buyer who says, hey, don't call me, don't email, don't text me, let's communicate on TikTok. Yeah, yeah. Right? Well, and then now you know how to service them ongoing and how to communicate and gets back into what we're talking about is, is, is keeping and growing the customer. So let's, let's finish on the topic of client retention to get a better understanding of what it does to the enterprise value. Because... When when you go to sell your business and the smart people come into the room, one of the first questions they're going to want to see in the data report, the data poll, the data room that's been created that's starting to spit out all these crazy strings of data that you never looked at before mm-hmm. is tell us how much repeat business you get. Yeah, they're going to want to look at lifetime value. They're going to want to look at how long on average does a customer stay, and they're going to want to look at how often are they attriting. Attriting. Yeah. Attrition. Attrition. They're leaving. Right. Right. So lifetime value, how often are they buying, staying, and how frequently are they leaving. Yeah. Right? And so, dude, if you have those things dialed in, that number is just going to skyrocket. Now, you could have the best business in the world, and we call it leaky, you know, bucket syndrome. You know, you, you you catch, you know, you got 60 fish in the bucket every month, but you got a hole in the bucket and you've got 30 leaving. It doesn't matter how big the company is at scale. You could have, you know, 1,000 fish every month and, you know, 500 <laughs> leaving. Your value is much less. Yeah, right? I'd rather you see catch 100 fish every month and keep 80, you're going to win over six months. We should probably preface this whole thing that, you know, you do have a product or service that wants that allows customers to want to stay yeah. with you, right? I mean, you're not selling yeah. something that they don't care about. <clears throat> but the, the finisher on this one of, of client retention is really important for you guys to understand because you might be saying we have unbelievable client retention because we do business with Walmart. And Walmart's 80% of our business, and we really service Walmart. I That's want another you, podcast problem we could solve. <laughs> I, on the topic of client retention, we want you to look at the other side of that equation because we do hear that in Burn the Ships where people tell us, you know, I have this unbelievable relationship. And when we talk about customer centricity as a topic of Burn the Ships, and they're like, oh, yeah, we got like three clients. Yeah, dude, that's a problem for yeah. you, right? Customer concentration. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> what did I say? Customer centricity? centricity yeah. yeah, customer concentration. <clears throat> That's a problem. And so when you're talking about client retention, you need to also play, run the bench a little bit deeper mm-hmm. and find ways to, to reduce the amount of volume that your revenue comes from in a very limited amount of customers. Because, dude, you don't know whether somebody else is going to come in and lower the, the hammer, drop the price, and steal what mm. you've worked so hard for because you didn't have diversity of clients. Yep. Dangerous, man. Very dangerous. Yeah. So takeaways, be good customer service, right? Care about your freaking customer. Deliver a good <clears throat> product. But more importantly, learn from this podcast how do you get an intimate 
one-on-one -on -one relationship, relook at your CRM, relook at the data that's going in, the new world of co companies that thrive, not only survive, but thrive, they understand customers in an individual level. And that doesn't have to be that complicated. There's so much amazing technology that allows that to happen. You just have to start doing it because the old days, those are over. Yeah. Right? There's been this digital disruption yeah. and this new onset of customer focused and digital transformation. And if you're not aligning, everything digitally around servicing the customer at a one-to-one -one level, you're going to lose. Everybody should go get their hands on the book, The Challenger Sale by Matt Dixon, where, where they do the synopsis of the 2008 Great Recession, and they talk about how um, the old-school relationship guy who did the cowboy football games and the golf outings and all that sort of stuff, <clears throat> pardon me, got his ass handed to him in 0809 when everything became commoditized. Mm -hmm. And so the idea that you need to have a relationship with your customer is vital, but the thought of what a relationship is changed. is changed mm -hmm. and needs to be completely rethought. Yep. So um, I don't know what else we can say on this topic. I mean, the first thing you guys should do is go back to the office right now and say, what are we doing to retain, keep, hold our customers, grow, grow to make sure that our revenue is stable, that our, our chaos, I mean, think of the chaos of every month you've got to find Replace new customers yeah. because of the attrition because you can't keep them. Mm. It's unbelievable. It's impossible. All right, guys. Judge, any parting comments for today's episode of Customer Retention on the Scale with Speed podcast? If you get and keep customers, you make money. You'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> so go make it happen. See you down the road. You are listening to the Scale with Speed podcast. Why? Because scale equals revenue and speed equals profit. Hosted by nine-figure business builders, Matt Monero and Judge Graham. Enter with caution.